What's up, everybody? God bless. Welcome back again to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. My name is Dave Nelson. Today, we are going to continue on in our reading of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So if you are in a position where you can do so, I highly recommend that you grab a Bible and follow along with me. I do read out of the New King James Version for these studies. Um, and basically, what we're doing here is taking a look at the Word of God at face value. There's much deeper studies you can do. I'm not really going to do any cross-referencing with you here. We're going to stick to the book of 1 Corinthians, and we're going to talk about what is written in it. Uh, a lot of good stuff in this chapter, a lot of good things to learn, a lot of good things to meditate on and think about. So I really encourage you to do so. Um, and I really do encourage you to do a deeper study of this. So anyway, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'm going to go ahead and jump on into verse 1. The Apostle Paul, in writing this letter to the believers in the city of Corinth, he says to them here, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So Paul is saying here, hey, look, this is how I live. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, he gave his life for this. He gave us all for this. The Lord chose him specifically to do what he's doing. And he is encouraging and exhorting the believers in the city of Cornrith here to live it out, to live the life. Imitate Christ. Imitate me, he says. He was, he was sure of the way that he lived. He was confident in the way that he was living in Christ. And he could say this, okay? And I would think that that all of us should strive to live in a manner where others see that we imitate Christ in the way that we live, you know, um, that we are obedient to his commands and obedient to his will for our lives. Now, there's only one way for us to find out the will of God for our lives, and that is, um, well, I shouldn't say there's only one way, but definitely reading the Bible, reading the word of God is a definite way for us to know the will of the Lord for our lives here. So do you want to imitate Christ? Um, study the word of God, open it up, read it, but then when you do, live it out. We cannot be forgetful hearers. We need to be doers of the work. We need to, this imitate Christ, you know, indicates that there's action. There's something that you have to do. You can't just say, oh, I believe. And that's it. You don't live, you don't live any differently. That's not what the Bible teaches us, okay? So verse two says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you. So Paul was establishing something in his teaching. He was establishing traditions, a way of life, a way that we could imitate Christ, a way that we could live out the word of God. He was establishing that with all the churches that he was setting up, be it in Ephesus for the Ephesians, be it in Cornrith for the Corinthians, for the Philippians, you know, for whomever it was, he was establishing, hey, there is a way to live. And he's going to get into that here, that there's certain traditions, there's certain ways that we should live. Now, we're going to get into something here, a topic here. And before we do, I'm going to actually skip down here. I'm going to find a verse here that I want to read to you. Um... Let me see here. Give me just a moment. Okay. Verse 13. 
says, judge among yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? So this is the topic and this is the question that is being asked, okay? Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? So that's what we're going to discuss in this chapter. Now, in answer to this question, you look at verse 16. So the question is, is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? The answer is in verse 16. He says, but if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. So it seems to be here that Paul is answering the question, is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered by saying, we don't have any customs like that. In other words, our woman, our women do pray with their head covered, okay? So I wanted to lay that foundation here. Now when you go back and you read the rest of these verses within that context, it all makes sense. So we do not have a custom like that where the women pray with their head uncovered, Paul says. So let's go back and read and pick it up in verse 3. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Okay, so we see an order here. God is a God of order. He is not an order, or excuse me, not a God of chaos. Okay, he is a God of order. He set everything in motion when he created all things and everything works just the way it should. And when we come to Christ, there is order within that. He's not the author of confusion, the scripture says. Okay, but he gives us peace. He gives us a sound mind. In the word of God, we, found, we find doctrine, sound doctrine. Okay, so he's establishing something here, that the head of every man is Christ. Now, he's talking to believers, so when we see every man, we're not talking about every man on the face of the earth. He's, he's writing this letter to the believers and how they should live. And there's more than just one topic. It's not, not just this head covering topic we're going to look at here today. There's a couple topics he's going to deal with in this chapter. But for the believers within the church, the way God works, the order that he has is that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man and the head of Christ is God. This is the order that the Lord has established that he is teaching by his spirit through the apostle Paul. Okay, and that's what we're reading here. The head of Christ is God. The head of the woman is man. The head of man is Christ. Okay, let's go on. I'll touch on that a little bit more, I think, maybe here. But let's see. Verse 4. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. Remember the question we read earlier, right? Is it proper for a woman to pray with her head uncovered, okay? Paul said, we don't have that type of custom where it is, where it is, 
Okay. So, but every man praying or prophesying, having his head covers, head covered, dishonors his head. Who's the man's head? Paul just established that in the church, in the order of the church, the man, the head of the man is Christ. Okay, so he don't, we don't want to dishonor Christ in that way. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, for that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. So Paul's using an analogy here, saying, and let me read verse 6, for if a woman is not covered, let her also be shorn. So he's serious about his answer here saying if a woman does not want to be covered when she prays, well then she might as well go ahead and shave her head too because God gave her that for a covering. You'll see as well her hair, right? But if it is shameful for a woman to be shorn or shaved, let her be covered. So if a woman is contentious about this and saying, I don't, I don't want to pray with my head covered. I don't need to do that. I don't have anybody over me, which is kind of the way of our society today, right? woman empowerment and all of that kind of stuff that goes on. And look, remember, now let me specify something here, okay? We're talking about the church, the conduct within the body of Christ, okay? We're talking about the church. We're not talking about the world. We're not talking about every woman on the face of the earth, you know, having this, you know, um, man over her. It's not about that. I work out in the world. I'll work for women. Why not? Or am I greater than them? No. I don't see it as such. Right? So we're not talking about that. We're talking about an order within the body of Christ. We're talking about something spiritual here. Being under the lordship of the Lord. Being under the headship of the Lord. And, and how there's got to be some order so that there's not chaos. And the way that that order is established from a scriptural standpoint is that that woman has a covering over her. And the man has a covering over her, over him, right? And even Christ is, has a covering over him. The head of him is God, okay? Now, we can get into a whole other subject, yes, Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're not talking about that today. We're talking about just an order in the church, okay? So, so don't, you know, don't get all upset here in thinking that, you know, what I'm talking about is man is greater than woman. We're, we're talking about an order here. And Paul's going to, let's just go on and see what the Bible's talking about. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God, right? That's how God created man in the beginning, right? In his image. But the woman is the glory of man. For man is not from woman, but woman from man. Remember, what are we talking about? We're talking about something spiritual here. We're talking about God and his creation. We're talking about the way that he created male and female. He created the man in his image. Okay, then from the man, like verse 8 is saying here, for man is not from woman, but from the man, God created the woman okay and it says nor was man created for the woman but woman for the man that was god's order 
That's the way God established it, you know? And that's how we live within the church. That's how we live in the body of Christ without chaos. We have order. We fall into God's order, okay? And what happens in, in the life of a man who has a wife is he's to lay down his life for his wife. He's to love his wife as Christ loved the church in laying down his life, right? And give honor to the woman as to the weaker vessel, taking care of her and all of that kind of stuff. Now, again, you may have come upon this and you might not be in Christ. You may not be born again and you're hearing what I'm saying and, and it might be making you upset and angry as a woman, you know, but again, we're talking about something good here, not something bad. We're not even talking about something chauvinistic here. We're talking about just the way it was designed by God to be. It's an order, okay? Again, the absence of order is chaos. The ab, you know. So, for this, for this reason, verse ten says the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head, a symbol. So it's it's something symbolic that the woman has on her head, showing that she is covered by a man because of the angels, right? Now, that word angels there, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but I encourage you to, to, to do a deeper study on that. But um, that, that could be talking about demonic forces there, okay, as well, that word angels, okay? So, you know, the woman needs to have some sort of covering over her spiritually so she's not attacked. This is the way God designed it. Okay, so there's a symbol of authority on her head, something that shows she is covered by a man. Now, in our society today, most people, at, you know, and most people do this in society, right? We have a wedding ring that we wear that's a symbol. It's just symbolic. It lets everyone know, hey, I'm married. Hey, I, I have a wife. Let's... For the wife who wears the, the wedding ring, it lets other people know, hey, I'm married. I have a husband. It's just symbolic. It's something that's a symbol that I, I'm already united with somebody. I'm already one with somebody, someone else, right? So this head covering, when a woman prays, okay, is symbolic that she has a covering, over her. Who's the head of the woman in this covering, in this order that God has established? The man, right? So he says the man shouldn't cover, shouldn't cover his head. He doesn't need that symbol because he's the image of Christ, okay? Image of God. He's created in the image of God. Christ is the head of the man. Now, let me kind of, and, and maybe this might be redundant. I don't know here. I'm not I'm going to kind of speak off the cuff. But to be a man that is under the headship of Christ, I'd have to take you all the way back to verse 1 here. We're only in verse 10, but I take you back to verse 1 and say that if you are in Christ and Christ is your head, then you are a man who imitates Christ. 
The way that you live, it is seen, it is known. You are gentle. You have the fruits of the, the fruit of the Spirit operating in your life. Love, peace, joy, right? Faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, kindness, temperance, right? Which is self-control. You're a godly man. So if you're imitating Christ, then that's, that's who you are. You're a, you're, you're a godly man. And the woman will look at you as a godly man and say, well, yeah, it's easy to have him over me in my walk with the Lord and in my life in Christ. It's easy for me to, to submit to him. It's easy for me to yield to him. It's easy for me to love him. It's easy for me to honor him because he is a man of God. Okay, so if you're this type of man that just says, woman, you're beneath me, woman, you're under me, woman, you know, whatever, well, you're not living like Christ with that type of attitude. So again, God is love, but God is order. He's established in order. So for you women out there, maybe I'll speak to both sides, for you women that are out there that are in Christ, that's what you're submitting to, a godly man who imitates Christ. Would it be easy for you to submit to Christ if you're a Christian woman? Well, hopefully it is. Hopefully you already do. Hopefully you already have that relationship with Christ as a godly woman, right? And, God, and if God has given you a husband and that husband is imitating Christ, well, then it should be easy for you to submit to him. Now, on the other hand, if you've come upon this and you're a woman that whose blood is boiling because of what I'm saying, because you have some type of hatred in you about this whole topic. Again, if you were to think about it and see, man, this, this is a good man. This is a loving man. This is a kind man. This is a gentle man, right? He's, he, he's a self-controlled man. He, in other words, he's got things under control. He doesn't fly off the, the handle and anger and temper fits and all that kind of stuff. You, even you would find it easy to love a man like that. When I say even you, I mean even somebody that doesn't even believe in the word of God. If you find somebody that has those attributes about them, you would find it easy to submit to them and to realize, okay, I'm going to obey Christ. I'm going to obey the word of God and I'm going to live as he wants me to live as if I have a covering, as if I have a symbol of authority over me, okay? But he says, um, for this reason, man, man, or excuse me, woman ought to have a symbol of authority over her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman nor woman independent of man in the Lord. Look at what Paul's saying here. He says, for as woman came from man, even so also comes, even so man also comes through woman, but all things are from God. So he's pointing this back to God here. He's saying, but what we're talking about here is God. What we're talking about here is what he wants, what he has established, the order that he has established for life and godliness, right? What is it as it relates to the man and the woman that are in the church, that husband and wife, right? What is it, right? Well, 
we look and we say, God created my wife. Me as a man, I say, God created her. I can't create any human life. This is, this is God's creation, my wife. So I'm not going to, and this is my wife calling. So let me do this. Um, that was my wife, right on time, right? But So I, I'm not going to tr- mistreat my wife. I shouldn't. This is God's creation. She's a part of, of the whole order of, of society. A wonderful woman, a mother, right? A wife, right? So we're not independent of each other. I'm, I need her, right? I need her in my life. And that's her texting me. So anyway, um, for as a woman comes from man, even so also come even so man also comes through woman. But all things are of God. Now let me go ahead and put my phone on silent. Let me see what she said here. Okay, no worries. Let's see here. Put my uh, phone on silent. Um, verse 13. Judge among yourselves. Now we're back to this head covering thing, right? Judge among yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Now there's a question right there. That's probably what I should have pointed out as the main question. Is it proper for, because I think I might have pointed out... um, no, that was what I pointed out, right? <laughs> yeah. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head unco- uncovered? Paul says in verse 16, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. Because look what Paul says in verse 14, does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? So, you know, people have, and I, I'm just going to say this straight straight out because it, it really is a mistake to think that Paul in verse 16 when he says we have no such custom is saying that we have no such custom as a woman covering her head. Yeah, they do because he is defending that custom here by saying in verse 14, does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him. But if a woman has long hair, it is glory to her. He said, for her, her hair is given to her for a covering. Okay? So, even, he's talking about nature here. So, he's not saying hair is sufficient enough for a woman's covering. He's talking about nature. Isn't it just natural that women have long hair, men have short hair? Now, I know we've gone through different times in our society, and maybe we're back at that time now where men are wearing long hair. You know, women have worn short hair. You know, these are all part of customs and all part of society and 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 basically influencers like people in Hollywood and things like that that are influencing people. But we're not talking about that kind of thing here, right? We're talking about God's order and the way that the Lord wants things. There should be a symbol when a woman prays. That's what we're talking about here. Notice in this chapter, we're not talking about when a woman goes grocery shopping. We're not talking about when a woman goes out for a car ride. We're not talking about any of those things as it relates to head coverings. We're talking about when a woman prays. 
okay? When a woman is in the church, in the body, leading in prayer or, 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 you know, or prophesying even, doing something like that because women have the gifts of the spirit within them as well. But God's establishing this order and, she, and, and that woman has that head covering when she's doing this and shows, oh, I have authority over my head, okay? I'm not doing this as if I'm in control. No, I'm submissive to the will of God and to the order of God, and that's why I have this head covering, okay? So then he says, but if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom. Again, no such custom of a woman praying to God with her head uncovered. We don't do that, he says, okay? So that's, um, now we've got a lot more verses here to cover in this um, chapter. Let me see, where am I on time? 25 minutes. You know what? I'll go ahead and stop this here for today and just cover that one topic and um, we'll leave it at that. And like I said, do a deeper study. Study the word of God for yourself. Be like a Berean who you'll find in, in the book of Acts where people that were called noble because they diligently searched the scriptures themselves to find out what was true. Do that. Search the scriptures yourself to find out what is true. What I'm doing here is reading it to you in its context, reading it to you at face value and all of that. So just giving you something to consider and um, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, whichever the case may be. We'd love to hear from you. Check out our website, aloveoutreach.com. And you can fill out the contact form there if you want to contact us. Um, if we can pray for you or answer any questions you may have about your walk as a Christian here on this earth. But we'll go ahead and stop it here for, for today. God bless. We will see you next time.